I kind of was like a zombie. That's the only thing I can compare it to. And I was, you know, teaching at a college and I'm running my law practice, but I'm, I felt like I was gray. Like I was just walking through it and just getting by. And it took those types of things and grief and the things you go through take, take time. Um, but that's really when I started hiking and going off on my own and going up to the Catskills. And I do a hike every couple of weeks. And then when COVID hit, there was nothing else to do. So that became a big, almost every weekend driving up, you could get up there in, you know, two and a half hours because there was no traffic on the road. And it just became an absolute escape for me. And it's just replenishing and it's just peaceful. So I think it, you know, it really leveled me. I probably since I started hiking and I became you know, more interested in taking care of myself and eating well and taking care of my mental health. I probably lost a bit of The bushwhacks were some of uh, the worst days I've ever had in the mountains, or life, really. Whereas Pantry Mountain is totally opposite, it's a mountain on top of a crater. I think the weather challenges on this incident were particularly difficult. It is really the development of New York State. Catskills were responsible. Now you're listening to Inside the Line, the Catskill Mountains Podcast. All right, so how you doing, Tara? I'm doing excellent. I'm excited to be here. Yes, definitely. So welcome to episode 110 of Inside the Line, the Catskill Mountains podcast. So tonight I have Tara Scully here, and she's going to talk about how hiking saved her life. Now, it's a very awesome story that she has told me, and I'm very, very excited to to hear her story tonight. And Tara, you look a little tense. I like lighten up. Lighten up. This is fun. This is fun. Had a rough day. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you can let it all explode. Let it all explode. All right. Trust me. Trust me. So uh, where where are you located? You're located down in uh, kind of the Hudson Valley, right? No, I'm far. I'm down in Suffolk County. I'm on Long Island. S- so what was what was your snow like? Did you guys get any snow this past uh, coming time? No, it's, it's terrible. And I'd watch your <laughs> photos and videos you were posting of your area and the, the beautiful snow. We've gotten nothing. I gotta admit, I'm probably I'm I'm happy with what we got. We got we got only like a couple inches up here. It was crazy that that one time we got some massive big snowflakes and everything, but it seriously equaled out to nothing. But I heard, you know, Tannersville and and areas surrounding areas got some ten inches of snow. I was like, oh wow, unbelievable. So that's that's good. I gotta get up there. Yeah, and you, you've done snowshoeing, correct? I have snowshoes. I've hiked in the winter, but have not needed snowshoes yet so i'm desperate to use them and they're in the back of my truck and i just haven't needed them yet oh you're gonna love it you're gonna absolutely love it just make sure when i mean you're you're probably in in fit enough to to break trail and stuff like that just when you break trail it's gonna be a bitch but it's so much fun yeah i love the physical component so anything that makes me work hard i i love okay then then you'll have absolutely no no problem so it's I'm looking at so at different like snow reports once again from onthesnow.com. Uh, really cool place to check out snow reports from your local ski resorts. 
And it's really funny because like Plattic Hill, which is up kind of north, north, northwest for the Catskills, you know, there's Wyndham, there's Bel Air and stuff got way more snow than like Bel Air down in, you know, the Pine Hill area and stuff. Uh, it's really, really funny to to see that, that, you know, once again, when I talked with Alex Mara from the Hudson Valley weather, it talked about the microclimates and like, once again, it was fascinating. Oh God, that was, you know what? I'm sorry to anybody who's listening uh, that, that has been previous on the show, but that was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. I could, I could talk about weather all day long, all night long, whatever. And it's, it's really fascinating to hear about that microclimates, you know, that could sweep up through kind of like the, the, the Prattsville area, go through Hunter and Tannersville, like it did this, this previous weekend, and then not hit anything beyond the Spruceton range of, you know, like West kill and stuff. Right. It's, it's fascinating, but a lot of ski areas have a lot of good snow. Um, Bel Air is got, uh, Almost all their runs open. They're 95% open. Hunter has 75% open. And Wyndham has, it looks like 50% open, but nobody skis at Wyndham. Do you ski at Wyndham? Nobody skis No, at I generally ski in Vermont, except for Hunter on occasion. But my problem with Hunter, my avail- availability is mostly weekend, um, which is really not the time to be at Hunter. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. So yeah, uh, Vermont is actually better on the weekends for, for kind of like a, Better than Hunter. I find that oh, they wow. they manage their line, their lift lines a lot better than Hunter is like survival of the fittest. And they tend <laughs> to really manage their their lines better at Okimo and Snow and Stow. This past weekend, uh, snow was tough. They had an ice storm. So everything was shut down because of ice. So the lines were crazy, but the trails were wonderful. Oh, nice. Nice. That's good. And they do snowmaking up there too, as well. I'm guessing. Yeah, mostly. There's no other snow except on the mountains where it's been enhanced by the snowmaking. You know, that's, that's becoming kind of tragic for, for the East coast. We're all snowmaking and it's all just kind of like, like you said, almost it's it, with survival of the fittest of the lifts. It's survival of the fittest of the ski resorts of who can produce the most snow now. Yeah. And, and that sucks. That sucks. When we get these storms, we are we are absolutely, you know, like, oh, yes, yes, we got some snow. And then hopefully you're like crossing your fingers that a week later we don't get 50 degrees and it melt right. and it be an ice sheet of ice. So yeah. unbelievable. But good, good. Glad uh, uh, like hopefully people are getting out, getting those snowshoes uh, out and ready for, for the high peaks because I guarantee up high, you're definitely going to have to use them. Yeah, if it's not raining, I'm coming up this weekend. Good, good. What did you have any plans? Do you have any thoughts? No, I sort of the night before kind of reconcile my books and all trails and and figure out what I'm going to do. Well, good luck. Have fun. Thanks. So excellent. So once again, uh, carry your snowshoes uh, like like Tara does back of the car. You take a look up at the mountains. You're like, okay, I'm definitely going to carry these with me just in case. Definitely do that. But spikes put in the pack, snowshoes outside of the pack. Definitely. Now, I find my packing technique is very much like yours. So as you, as I've listened to your podcast, I'm listening to them forward and backward at the same time. But uh, all the things you talk about overpacking, and I'm like, that. I have, you know, blankets. I have every every possible <laughs> uh, outcome. I'm ready. Well, you're ready for you and for somebody else as well. Yeah, that's the way I see it. It's just like you know, you might have. You know, a situation, I mean, it's very rare, but you might have a situation where you might need to help somebody else out. And, uh, you know, it's 
it's it's a rare occurrence and but it's it's a good rare occurrence that you might have you know you might become the hero <laughs> that sounds horrible but um overpacking is good plus it makes you stronger like you you said you like the uh the physical aspect of climbing up a mountain and that'll that'll kill you having a 50 pound pack <laughs> yeah but excellent so uh once once again uh we have a lot of different news i'm trying not to go over too much news but some funny news that came out was uh i heard my friend sent me this i believe david and tad my friend tad sent me this a woman reported missing turned out to be stuck on a ski gondola overnight so this was in lake tahoe area once again area that gets plummeted by snow uh in the past like two weeks or so and uh they, she was missing that nobody knew that she was on a ski gondola for 10 hours and uh they, was it enclosed uh, it was a gondola yeah 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 it was a gondola so uh she fell behind for with a group that she had and uh she told an employee that she was tired and the worker guided her to, into a gondola cabin to take her down the hill at 5 p.m but she said the machine stopped about two minutes later and she was still in midair um she didn't have her phone which is really weird who doesn't have their phone nowadays i don't understand um especially when you're skiing you skiing you got like layers upon layers uh, of stuff to protect you and your phone and you want to take pictures of the beautiful surrounding terrain you have but uh they i guarantee i guess she was yelling she screamed desperately people couldn't hear her and uh and her friends at the bottom became worried and they were searching all over they had started a a search group and uh oh it was 15 hours sorry the uh, 15 hours stuck in there they had uh low temperatures at night and they said uh, the resort is investigating the situation with the utmost seriousness. <laughs> that's that's all that came out. So uh, interesting stuff that you would be lost. Uh, people are going panic, thinking that maybe you know you you fell off the side of a cliff on a, a. I think the Tahoe area is probably like eight to ten thousand foot mountains, and all of a sudden you're just stuck in a ski gondola. That I don't know. It doesn't even say why the ski gondola stopped. That's the thing. They didn't realize what happened until the next morning. The gondola started moving again and deposited Lasso at the bottom. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. What? Uh, I, this is not going to change your aspect on skiing, is it? Like, you know, getting stuck. <laughs> no, and I've heard stories in the past where people have like gone on at the nth minute when they were um, closing down the lifts, getting stuck on lifts overnight, um, which was even worse because they're exposed to the elements but no it will not deter me so like what did the, how did those people get out of the situation that they were in with like 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 the ending of the day like what they just can can you pry those doors open and kind of like i know it's like a, sometimes it's like a 30 40 foot jump like yeah, i don't know on that one i think they waited until they were rescued um, oh wow so they, they were on a lift like it was fully exposed to the elements just in a chairlift oh wow get what mountain it was unbelievable but it's <laughs> i mean i've never i i've i've snowboarded a couple times but this was in stanford so uh this was a a u-pole that you went up uh we didn't have any ski lifts so i've never been on a kind of like a ski gondola in the skiing season so i'm yeah. not familiar with with that stuff but i heard it's, it's very fun so joe has them nice well uh, um, hopefully nobody will get uh will will get caught in the middle of that situation that we had that they had out west up here. So hopefully we take care of our people better and we're just like, eh, 
but you know i've heard they got some crazy uh snow out out west like once again like like last year they had some crazy snow out in utah so cool um one uh, other thing that my my friend sent to me and that i also found out is uh you know a lot of situations around here actually up in my my hometown about 20 minutes away from me uh, a man unfortunately fell on the ice and and passed away and his friend tried to save him but he couldn't and then a ranger came out and rescued him it was an amazing tragic situation that i was uh just flabbergasted by you know with the the recent temperature spikes and de decreases you would kind of be a little bit more uh, smarter about the ice and know that the ice is a little bit more fragile but uh up in maine uh, a man passed away after saving his son from an icy pond a four-year-old kid fell through the ice and his father kevin howell 51 uh saved his son from being saved now this kid four years old ran back to his house and notified his mother and uh unfortunately when 911 was called she rushed to her husband and uh they tried to save him but unfortunately he was of course in the ice and uh did not get help uh, as as fast as he, as he should have and passed away so uh horrible tragic experience of course once again and uh you know i i just i'm very with with ice you know i, I play hockey i i do this and that i love hockey but i will look at the ice and you know not even just in my like local ponds but i'll look at the ice that people are creating in my area and i'm like that's not safe to go on not even just to fall in for two feet but just to skate on and it's been it's been a lot of tragic situations that i've seen uh, on the news with people falling through ice and i i don't think that the ice this year once again or you know in the past years have held up very well because of these crazy changes that we've had in in climate and with the the weather just you know going from like what it is um, i think i'm 28 degrees here and it's beautiful nice beautiful snow but just having that that change of 50 degrees kind of makes me think mm -mm, this is not definitely safe doesn't matter you know if somebody's dug through the ice in the middle of the ice i'm i'm not testing that that theory you hypothermia with with that kind of stuff kicks in instantly and you know if you're alone it's even worse so very unfortunate stuff are you do you skate tara no as a child everything around here froze so we were able to go on our local ponds and my grandmother had a plethora of mismatched skates and you hoped that a pair fit you that year um right nothing freezes enough to skate i'm i'm, I'm i hate to ask this. i always ask those people i can't tell your age you're you're very young I'm, looking by the way how old are you i'm 46. So 46. So you're the same age as me. I'm 41 years old. So a lot of people say this and I, I feel, I feel like this boomer kind of thing. I always say that, you know, we didn't really have it. It didn't feel like, at least I don't remember it being like this, you know, of it being, you know, snow, massive snowstorm, and then a massive, like, like when warm temperature era, when, when, when everything melts and, and doesn't do anything. And then it's cold again. And that's, I don't remember this. Do you? No, in downstate, I mean, we haven't had a good snow in well over two years. Like school, school days are a thing of the snow days are a thing of the past. Like it's, it's sad. There's nothing more that I want than a giant snow day that makes the world stop. So that's the only thing that really debilitates things down here. 
Yeah. It's just not happening. And then the newspaper today had an article that we don't need to wait for the groundhog, that it's going to be an early spring. I'm like, oh, it's counting on counting on some March skiing. <laughs> right. And sometimes, you know, we, we get lucky, but it just feels like this is it's 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 definitely a different change. And, you know, I gotta I'm 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 thinking about getting Alex back on here to talk about that. I know he 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 was didn't want to talk about that, but it's something real that we got to think about. And, you know, I got to remember, you know, what was it, you know, eight years ago when I started hiking in the Catskills, I could snowshoe a lot of times per year. Yeah. And now it's like once or twice a year, you get lucky, you know, and I'm glad once again, like, like, you know, you being 40, 46 years old, me being 41, having, like you said, those snow days back in the days were, were good times. There was good chances to have a nor'easter every month basically or a blizzard in fact when was the last time we got a freaking blizzard here like yeah. i don't know if they're changed to all nor'easters Although buffalo keeps getting hit i mean he, buffalo's had massive storms buffalo has absolutely insane lake effect snow and you know they get hit with everything and then it just drifts up and we don't get nothing we get maybe a little bit i get a little bit of the lake effect snow here in oneana but it's not much so yeah once again, like it's just crazy the the changes that we're we're going through uh, with weather and and affects us as hikers, especially because you know mud season has been extended <laughs> from so long. Uh, our winter season has been you know declined, been been made minimal, and it's just it's it's very weird. It's very odd. And what can we do but just adapt? We have to adapt. So crazy stuff. So um. I guess I guess thank you for the 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 shit talk. I what do I usually call that? Oh my god, I'm I'm so tired today. Uh <laughs> shooting the shit. Sorry. Thank you for shooting the shit with me, Tara. I could talk about the mountains all day long. <laughs> oh, we we will. We definitely will be. So, um thank you to the monthly supporters Darren White, Vicky Ferrera, John Kamiski, Jim C, Michael Bongner, David Mead, Matt Smith, Denise Weiss, and now Joseph Hayda. Thank you guys very much for supporting the show. Also, thank you to Outdoor Chronicles Photography. Molly from Outdoor Chronicles Photography specializes in adventure elopement and adventure couple photography in the Catskills, Adirondacks, and White Mountains. She is also an officiant for getting married, but she is a licensed guide, and she is also a story maker. Molly won't just give you photos. She'll give you memories that will last forever. Don't hesitate to get a hold of Molly on all platforms. Also, if you ever wanted to learn more about hiking or backpacking, or even just brush up on some of your old skills in the backcountry, Check out Trailbound Project, a hiking and backpacking school. Scott and Joe from the New Jersey Search and Rescue Team have amazing backgrounds in Wilderness First Aid, Wilderness First Responder, and the Mountain Rescue Association, and they are there for you to learn old and new skills of the hiking and backpacking. They teach anything from first aid, map and compass, and many other skills that could help you and others while on the trail. Check them out on their website and social media platforms. So, Tara, what are you having to drink? I see you sipping a little. Looks like something warm. I'm drinking some protein hot chocolate. <laughs> Interesting. What's the like? Like, do you just mix some protein uh, shakes mix in with hot chocolate? A, you can buy it online, and it's uh, it's got 15 grams of protein in it. That's, Interesting. That's what I take skiing, also. So when I hit the lodges, I just get hot water and make my own hot chocolate. Do you do you have any any do you do you drink any alcohol? Do you have any suggestions? Um. I'm not such a big drinker, despite my okay. Irish heritage, but um, big fan of sangria. Oh, nice! Yes, anything vodka based, I like. Awesome, awesome. That is, uh, I will agree with 
both of those actually. I'm having a good old awestruck apples and pears. But before this, I did have some Rev Spirits and Coke, of course. I always have like a rum and coke, but the Rev Spirits, the their spirit is absolutely phenomenal. I enjoy their stuff so much. So uh have you done anything previously? You know, you want to talk about any previous hikes or skiing? My last hike, which I'm I was going through to see what I done last, was the end of November. So once skiing started, I usually end up in the mountains at least every other weekend. So the last one I did was Eagle Mountain. Nice. Uh, that was towards the end of November. And then every, you know, two weeks previously I did um, one of my more memorable. And I contacted two of your guides. I'm waiting to hear back because I'm desperate to do a bushwhack. But I attempted to do Friday balsam cap, Rocky and Lone on my own. I think I texted, I uh, messaged you about that. Yeah. So I, uh, I got so I got so disoriented and I started to panic. I got out five miles in and I, I didn't know which direction I was. Um, so I had kept track of like, Hey, I headed in the South. So I'm like, I knew if I turned and went North, <laughs> I could get back to the parking lot <laughs> there you so go. I, after, after 10 miles, but I was, I really scared myself on that one. So after I heard about your, your guys, I'm like, Oh, that's perfect. Cause then I can have somebody make sure I don't, don't die in the woods. But that was one time where I was actually really kind of nervous. Cause I, I couldn't tell which direction was which after, after a little while. Well, to be honest, Friday and balsam cap are some of the you know the herd path is very uh defining but if you go off of the herd path you're you're screwed in every direction not to be like like negative and stuff but you know there i think there have been two deaths on friday mountain that someone has veered off path and they've gone over towards kite cornell and they've just hit impossible cliffs when you go down into the drainage you know towards the the plane crash there's absolutely insane boulders and pot, I call them potholes. They're not potholes. I don't know what they're called, footholes or something like that. And it, it, it's very hazardous. You know, you, I mean, you know, bushwhacking, you step in one of those like little potholes and you could twist your ankle, break your, your, your leg or something. I'm not to make, put fear in everybody, but it's, it's a whole different story than hiking on the trails. And you know what? Amazing that you turned around because that takes, I, 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 um, I, I got to agree that it, it takes a lot of courage to turn around uh, other yeah, than the I, summit. I, mean, I was really scared and I have, I typically have a Garmin just cause I hike alone all the time. Awesome. Um, so I just want, you know, if I, my biggest fear is like falling and hitting my head or, or something where I, you know, I right? can't get myself out. So, um, it, the battery was dead. So the combination of that <laughs> and like, you know, the day was going on and I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, it's going to take me another, the calculation of my distance in and getting out before dark because also this was you know towards the later fall so it was getting dark early but i i panicked which is is unusual for me well you know to be honest to have the batteries kind of fail on on that and i you know i've don't don't get me wrong i've panicked in situations as well of of you know what happens you know i've i've fallen and hit my head once in a, a like once in a great time I've, I've twisted my ankle and you know those times you seriously get that that thought in your head of uh, like like who like you had it the garmin but it, uh, unfortunately it kind of like the batteries failed and i had the same kind of thing i was just like what would happen 
if if I was knocked out for much longer and you know the sun went down and stuff like that. So, but once again, that that's no mountain to to not you know mess with. Friday. No, and I feel like those are the challenges I have left because I, I, my hiking is similar to my reading of books. Like I'll go do a trail and then I realize partway through, oh, I've done this before or I've read this book before. So I, I just kind of go. And now the challenges that are still left open to me in the Catskills are the the bushwhacks like that and a snowshoe, of course. But Nice. So are you a 35? You're not a 3,500 yet, are you? Not formally. And I haven't done all the bushwhacks or the private property. So I never really investigated what's involved in it. But I've done everything on that chart that I could do myself. Awesome. Awesome. So you got the bushwhacks left? Yeah. Those are. So those I'm are, counting on your people to help me. Those are fun. Those are fun. Those are, you know what, I have, they, some, most of them don't have views. I mean, did you enjoy Eagle? Did you have a good time on Eagle? Yeah. Yeah, you know what it was? There was a lot of icicles. Nice. So there was a lot to see, even though it was, I found that one really peaceful. Right? That's, you know, and what you said you did that in November? Yeah, towards the end of November. So I did that in the middle of the summer, and I found that to be one of my most favorite hikes ever. Even just going up from McKinley, McKinley Road, McKinley Hollow, and just going up from, uh, Oh, I'm drawing a blank here from the little the little mountain that they have over there that's going over to Eagle. But just I don't know the the path, how narrow it is, and the moss all around you and the old trees just has that feeling of of solidarity. And you're out in the middle of nowhere and you are in, like you said, peaceful, very peaceful. Yeah. And you know, people are like, ah, oh, it doesn't have a view. You know what? That's why I'm not out there. <laughs> I'm out there to get away from people and stuff like that at, at times. But, but then I do this and I attract people. So it, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. There's something, I don't know, something wrong with me. I don't know, but yes, Eagle. Awesome. Uh, I can't wait for you to do your bushwhacks and let me know about the bushwhacks because yeah. I got to admit there's so much fun. North Dome and Cheryl, there's viewpoints. So you got that pocket is very easy. You'll bust that out and freaking like probably like an hour, two hours. Okay. Uh, and that's Russ, the other thing when I'm driving, it takes me three hours minimum to get up there. So um, and I, I'm a single mom of a 16 year old kid, so I can't leave him for, for too long. So I'll generally leave, you know, at five in the morning, drive up, do a hike and come back. So uh, I have to, I'm not driving up for a one hour hike. I, either I have to do multiple or I, you know, I want to be killing it all day long and exhausted driving home. Yeah. Well, I mean, kudos to you for being a single mother and and ripping it up and also, you know, having your own time to go out and have that peacefulness in the mountains and stuff like that. I mean, you got to have that balance. Definitely have no, that balance. No, it's a drug. It's like the best, best medicine really yeah. in dealing with life. Yeah. And we'll talk about that tonight. We'll definitely talk about that. So, uh. Awesome. Yeah. Today. So today, uh, which is, uh, we're on Tuesday. I just went into some local places. Beautiful. I have a beautiful, stunning landscape up here in, in Oneonta where we got some only a couple inches of snow, but everything stuck to the trees. So it's that beautiful, amazing winter wonderland. And I seriously, anybody who complains about the way this looks, you could probably just stop talking to me forever because it's just absolutely stunning. I don't understand, you know, I, to be honest, years upon years ago, I used to hate the winter 
and I, I never explored it, I guess, like, like it is now. And it's absolutely beautiful just with everything clinging to the trees, you know, all the birds chirping around after that, that, that snowfall and, and just seeing like, I don't have mountains like they do in the Catskills, you know, I just have little rolling hills. That's why we're called the city of the hills, but they have that little frost on the top going around it at a certain amount of elevation. And it's blows my mind. It doesn't, it doesn't ever leave. And I always, you know, tell people that I'm just like, you know, like, how can you not enjoy this? You know, well, it's cold. Well then layer up some more. Like <laughs> You're not prepared for the winter. Um, you know, that's why you're not enjoying it. So beautiful, easy, probably around three miles today, nothing huge. So yeah, get out there, enjoy it while you can, because I, we absolutely have no clue what the hell is, is going to happen next week. Or, no, you know, I, I deal with, I, I work, I mean, I'm an attorney. I do a lot of elder law, special needs type stuff. And I, every day, I thank God for my mobility and, and to be able to do that. And half the population isn't physically capable of, you know, walking into the woods. And it, it's such a gift to be able to do that. Yeah. Agreed. 100% agreed. So it's, it's just, it's just awesome. But, you know, so, uh, once again, some well, actually, since we're talking about hikes, let's go over the the weather real quick for uh, for the Catskills area. Maybe this weekend. Hopefully, yeah. You know, tell me this weekend. <laughs> so it's, it's looking it's looking good. So we're supposed to stay in the the twenties, the thirties for the whole week, and then on the weekend, we're supposed to have on Saturday supposedly. Once again, this is from Tuesday. Clear skies all weekend. High of maybe mid twenties to 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 the low 30s with a wind chill of maybe 12 degrees so clear beautiful weekend get out there and freaking hike it looks like it's going to be phenomenal time for hiking to get those winter peaks done to you know just go out there and enjoy the beautiful crisp mountain weather that we're going to have uh for the winter and enjoy it while we can because who knows who knows what's going to happen within the next couple weeks and uh this looks like a great opportunity to get out there. Snowshoes, spikes, whatever, bring them. Yeah, there was one you had recommended that I wanted. To, oh, I want. I think I wanted to do Wyndham High Peak in Ooh. the winter. Is that a good choice? Absolutely phenomenal choice. Well, uh, do you have a thought of where you want to approach it from? No, tell me. I mean, so, I was just looking at my notes from I think your podcast number four. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus! <laughs> I don't even remember what that was. <laughs> Plane crashes? I don't even remember. That's that's too long ago. There's a hundred and what? hundred and ten. Jesus. So 106 episodes ago, you you got me a little bit too far. Um, you know, it, I mean, you love. You said you love physical activity. So approaching it from the Blackhead, you know, Big Hollow area, you mm -hmm. have three viewpoints that you can you can go from. You got Burnt Knob. You got another viewpoint going up towards uh, Wyndham High Peak that leads right before the kind of like the down area of the escarpment trail. And then you got right before uh, the flat walk on Wyndham high peak. And then you got the beautiful view at the summit of Wyndham high peak right off of the summit. So okay, I mean, that's that a good, what I do. It's a good eight miles. You know um, it's probably, you know, don't, don't, don't quote me on this one. It's might've been broken out, but highly doubtful. So snowshoes will be definite from, from that area. Just carry them once again, kill yourself. You got to, uh, be that person who is prepared 
I know that people have gone from Peck Road up to Wyndham High Peak. I know a couple people have gone over there this weekend. So, and they have said they have broken trail above the lean to. So, I I mean, if you're going to have this beautiful weekend, you might as well enjoy as many viewpoints as you can. And that yeah. that is awesome. And you get there early, so you'll get a parking spot right up front. So, once again, you got it all made. I'm pretty, I just bought, this is really funny and how dorky I am, but I, I drive a pickup truck, which is unusual for attorneys down here, but I just bought a, um, a, it's a bed for the back seat. So it turns your back seat and in, into a, a bed so you can sleep there. Like there's day, one wow. of my attempt, one of my first attempts as an, at an overnighter, um, by myself, I got up there later than I had wanted to. And I was doing slide just cause I was comfortable with, I knew where the, the, uh, campsites were up at the top like slide to Cornette, like that whole area. But it was like seven o'clock when I got there. Finally, I got stuck at work. It was terrible. So then I, I walked probably about two hours in and I'm like, oh, I, I was too nervous to do it. So then I walked back down to my car and I, I slept in my car and then started at six in the morning. But I'm like, now, now I'm prepared because I can uh, crash in the back of my truck and then take off when I'm ready. Im- impressive that once again you backed out of a situation that you could have you know been very uncomfortable in and you went back and did the more comfortable type and then you completed the the your kind of like test the next day wow i did and i stayed overnight on the trail all by myself and it was my first that was my first attempt and i made hot water and had coffee in the morning and it was like i felt more accomplished by that than half the other things that i that i've done in my life that i did that by myself well, yeah, that shows you that you can, all you have to do next is, is kind of pitch a tent. Oh, I did. And... I took a tent. I mean, I had a, when I camped, I pitched a tent. I had everything. It was my first go-to on my own. Nice. Congratulations. You yeah. see? My my attempt to hang my backpack was a little sad, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, you mean for the bears? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I got to admit, that's really tough. That's really I, tough. That's, that's when you need one of those, those bags and definitely hoist it up with a paracord, but your whole pack is kind of impossible, especially with the way, like you say, you, you pack and I pack, you know, lifting. <laughs> it, end, it ended up about three or four feet off the ground <laughs> the time I was done. But... No, no problem with that. I understand. It's, it's definitely a difficult task to lift that thing up, you know, 10, 15 feet in the air, especially like, like I said, when, when you and I pa- overpack and, and you're just like, oh man, this is like, ah! you know, it's, it's tough. So kudos to you once again, God, Im- impressive, impressive stuff. So it's crazy once again. So volunteer 3,500 club, Catskill trail crew, Catskill mountain club, visitor center, uh, volunteer They're They're making their schedules now for the summer seasons, the spring and summer and fall. And uh, whenever they start getting those out, please volunteer. Uh, we definitely need it. Also, if you need stickers, get a hold of me. I will send them to you via uh, mail, or uh, you can get them also at Camp Catskill. So, Tara, how about some quick Catskill Mountain history? So, well, good. That was a small, yeah. I, I like love that. your history. <laughs> okay, that's better. That's a little bit better. Yeah, I love that. Um, so, on, once again, I have been obsessed with the Catskill Aqueduct. And uh, recently, I think uh, the New York State Watershed or something like that, I've been sending them emails to get someone to contact me to talk about this because the aqueduct is is one of the most greatest creations in uh, United States history and kind of mankind history because of 
how complicated it was. So they had a recent post about the aqueduct, how it goes underneath the Hudson River. Now, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people probably have no clue that the the water that they get down in New York City goes 1,140 feet underneath the Hudson River down near uh, Bear Mountain, I believe. It's called the Hudson River Siphon. And uh, it was definitely a crucial part of the aqueduct system that transports water from New York's, uh, from the Catskill Mountains to New York City. And uh, it allows water to flow under the Hudson River from between Chelsea and Dutchess County and Newburgh in Orange County and 1,460 feet long. And it was constructed to maintain the flow of the water without any interruptions. Once again, the aqueduct is goes all the way down. I forgot the the name of the reservoir that it flows down to down in, in towards uh like kind of like the the Duchess County area, but it's all gravity fed. Doesn't have didn't have any pumps or anything like that. It all just flows by itself. And uh it is also, you know, submerged beneath the river red and it was completed in 1915, a hundred and nine freaking years ago. 109 years ago that this was completed. I always see that stuff and I am just like absolutely insane of how 190 years, nine years ago that almost all this stuff with the reservoir systems that we have up here was made. You know, that you look at the Ashokan Reservoir, that's over 100 years old. You look at the aqueduct, you know, once again, that most people know, know about was completed over 100 years ago. And, uh, it still brings water from the Hudson or from the Catskill Mountain area all the way down to New York City. And it still does it through that one area of Ashokan all the way down to that. I got I'm I'm so bad. I can't remember that that one Hudson River area or that that area in the Hudson, the reservoir that that it goes down to. But um but it goes one thousand one hundred and forty feet below the Hudson River. So you, you think you're crossing Bear Mountain. You got the the nice, uh, is that Bear Mountain Bridge? I'm not familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so the Bear Mountain Bridge, it goes underneath that. It goes below the Hudson River, 1,000 feet. So basically trying to think of kind of like a comparison. You know, you're going halfway up Hunter Mountain from Spruceton Road. That's how far it goes. So you're basically at the John Robb lean-to, I would say, uh, with the water, the well, the water filter. Oh, wow. You got the water siphon up there. And that's how far it goes down below the Hudson River. And then it comes back up. But it's still gravity fed. So once again, it coming from the Catskills, it just still pushes it out through there. And 109 years ago, this was made. And it's very, very little improvements from then on here. So just to, just to think about how crazy and thoughtful that it was that that they they thought through this process for a very long time and said hey you know this will be the best for new york city and this will be the best uh for the catskills and you know it it did cause a lot of controversy you know taking away those those towns and stuff like that but i i gotta admit crossing that that ashokan reservoir and looking over at the burroughs range is absolutely phenomenal and seeing these different little places uh, along the, the captain and the Skahari Reservoir. I don't know. Have you ever been up to the Skahari Reservoir, Tara? Yeah. So my family has property in Gilboa, New York. Uh -huh. um, 
so there's a reservoir up there as well, um, which was interesting because growing up, I used to go up to visit my cousins and we'd go up, you know, several times a year. And there was all this folklore, like if there was, um, you know, a dry season or it hadn't rained, you could see the church steeples and like the folklore involved in when they flooded the valley. Wow. But this, it's, it's amazing. I mean, engineering involved in getting water down to the city where I don't think they fully appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah. Or they don't fully know about it. Like I, it's once again, uh, like I, I love to do this podcast for education purposes. And, you know, I, I think New York city needs to have more education about this to, for them to fully appreciate what they have, you know, what the Catskills brings to them. And like you said, you know, Gilboa, uh, you know, was Grand Gorge located up there? They, yeah, they're one in the kind of one in the same. I don't know what the, the, the old previous. address, but Grand Gorge is the the big city. Yeah. And, the, you know, they have the upper and lower reservoir. They have, you know, the captain, they got the Delaware, the never sink. And uh, just, just to, to think about that is just absolutely insane. And, and cool that you have that have the area up there because it's magical, you know, Grand Gorge, a lot of people don't travel up past bear pen and, you know, they go to Platte Kill Platakill, you know, the ski resort, mm -hmm. and that's their their ending area. But, you know, if you and I, you know, you go up towards through Garen Gorge and it's it's a whole nother beautiful area, Roxbury, Stanford. Yeah. Oh, those and then have you ever been to the upper reservoir in Gilbo and walked around that area? Yeah. As a kid, we did a lot. And then it's just even the security is so cool. Like, it's just so interesting because they it do is. so much to protect the water. But yeah. it, I mean, almost eerie as a kid, because we're we're walking around there, tromping around there with no adults, and there's um, all these security vehicles, and but it was, it was exciting. Yeah, just imagine how that how that was after nine eleven. I heard, you know, the craziness after it was nine eleven, and my uh, father told me uh, different stories about how the reservoirs went into like full on military protection after that and uh, i i was like why the hell would they do that you know i was 20 years old and it's like you know come on why would they do that that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard i understand i definitely do understand no it's a real vulnerability yeah so uh if you're ever once again up north towards stanford and gilboa mm -hmm. again grand gorge area i recommend you take the upper reservoir there's a small loop that goes around this man-made reservoir at I, I don't even know that's it's pretty high that's probably around like two twenty five hundred 2500 feet at least and uh it just goes around this flat little walk around the reservoir almost like the ashokan and it's man-made beautiful stuff so once again a little bit history on the catskill aqueduct uh sorry about that little ramage and stuff like that so um all right so we're gonna do last sponsors and then we'll get on to you is that okay absolutely Awesome. So is it time for some new gear or hiking in the Catskills? Say no more. Camp Catskill and Tannersville has all your hiking needs. Footwear, socks, moisture wicking shirts, freeze job meals, micro spikes, and now snowshoes. Camp Catskill has everything and more. They have all the essential for your camp, your hiking needs. Located in Tannersville and online, check out Camp Catskill. And if you want free stickers, stop here in Tannersville. Also, if you're ready to hit the trails, make sure you take the scenic route. Scenic Route Guidings are here to help you whether your goal is big or small. Like Marcy or Slide, Lone their Stewards. Check out Scenic Route Guiding Gear Rentals on Instagram and Facebook for more information. Also, if you mention the podcast, you can get 10% off. 
Use the code Mountain Lion. Also, check out Another Summit, a nonprofit program that leads outdoors and adventurous activities for veterans and first responders for free. Activities like walking or hiking or even backpacking and paddling trips. Check out anothersummit.org for more information and dates on future events. Last episode, 109, was with them, and it was a phenomenal episode. I recommend anybody and everybody to share that episode to get the, the word out about Another Summit because they're awesome for our veterans and first responders. So let's get on to the guest of the night. Let's go. Tara Scully, she's going to talk about how hiking saved her life. And uh, so Tara, once again, donated a hundred hard ciders. And I, I was just like, what the hell is wrong with this? Should she type another zero in this? So I contact her personally. I'm like, Hey, I think you might've made a mistake. And she's like, no, I didn't. And, uh, she gratefully, uh, I don't know how to say it, but, uh, made some positive, uh, feedback about the, the podcast. And I, I was just like, nah, you're lying. You gotta be talking about another podcast because no. And, uh, she talked about this story of how hiking saved her life. And it kind of like, it struck me. I was like, wow, you know, this is, this is a deep impact and, you know, it's a great story. And uh, I'm very glad to have Tara on here tonight to talk about how hiking saved her life. And uh, you know what? I'm very interested in this. She told me a little story. So we're going to hear the whole shindig <laughs> here tonight. I don't know what I have to say compares to your other guests. I'm blown away by your other guests, but oh, don't don't worry, don't worry about it. You'll you'll have a trust me. So welcome to the show, Tara. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. I really appreciate it. It was with trepidation. I'm not big on attention or or being the the focus of things, but uh, I I think the big message really is how beneficial the outdoors are to our mental health which is not something that's talked about often. And really, no matter what walk of life, you know, everybody suffers from some level of depression, anxiety, things that occur over the, over the course of their lives, even if it's not, you know, their entire life. And I think for me, what it's become is just my absolute medicine. Like it grounds me, it brings me back. I did grow up sort of exposed to the outdoors. I have very young parents. My mother was 15 when I was born and my dad was 17. So we kind of all grew up together. And as a kid, we had no money. So the things that we did were always outdoors. It was camping. It was camping in the White Mountains often. So my exposure to New Hampshire. Um, so it was always very comfortable. And it was always, as soon as you got to the mountains, it was like, <sighs> like this, I mean, you guys living there, I'm so envious because I, I can't imagine waking up every day and that being your life. So I was exposed as a kid and probably tortured and brought on hikes, but you know, when you don't want to, when you're little, <laughs> we went upstate quite a bit. And then, you know, we kind of went off and, and I went off to college and I'd still meet them back. We do Mount Washington here or there, but not with the avid, like, you know, the vengeance that I do. Here and there. Um, we do one of the most difficult hikes in the East coast here and there. But it, it was amazing. And then we did Musalak. It was fantastic. So I, I love the White Mountains. And it actually dates back my dad, his mother, who is no longer living. She was a single mom of three boys. And she used to take them from Long Island up to the White Mountains all by herself. So he grew up and it was far less populated. And we had secret watering holes. And it was just, just heaven. So then, you know, we grow up. And um, I spent a lot of time. I lived in Albany for a long time. So I was, you know. Thatcher Park we were at all of the time but not you know 
not die hard the way that I am kind of now moved back to Long Island and kind of started my life. I have a law practice. I'm super busy take caring, taking care of my kid. I have probably from the time I was an adolescent struggled with eating disorders, depression, anxiety. And I don't know that like looking back, I realized those are, that's what I was suffering from. And the eating disorders were sort of a symptom of, of the anxiety. Yeah. So then I'm back, you know, down on Long Island in early 2000s, living my life. And there wasn't much out, outdoor activity. I'm forging a career as a, lo- a lawyer. It's all fast paced, dealing with all of this stuff. And I'd say um, all the while I'm seeing therapists, I'm on medication, I'm maintaining. And in 2016-ish, I suffered the most horrific, heartbreaking breakup of my life. And I I kind of was like a zombie. That's the only thing I can compare it to. And I was, you know, teaching at a college and I'm running my law practice, but I'm, I felt like I was gray. Like I was just walking through it and just getting by. And it took those types of things and grief and the things you go through take, take time. Um, but that's really when I started hiking and going off on my own and going up to the Catskills. And I do a hike every couple of weeks. And then when COVID hit, there was nothing else to do. So that became a big, almost every weekend driving up, you could get up there in, you know, two and a half hours because there was no traffic on the road. And it just became an absolute escape for me. And it's just replenishing and it's just peaceful. So I think it, you know, it really leveled me. I probably since I started hiking and I became you know, more interested in taking care of myself and eating well and taking care of my mental health. I probably lost a good 50, 60 pounds um, in the best shape that I've that I've ever been in. And I just have gotten I started skiing. I never skied until last year. So, um, you know, it was like, well, what do I do in the winter? You know, and I started skiing and me and my son, you know, forged out. We took our first lessons together at Hunter and um, became real passionate about that as well. So it's just, I'm always itching to get to the mountains, which is how I became sort of obsessed with your podcast. And I am on all the Facebook pages and I'm following all the Catskill stuff and your podcast kept being mentioned. I didn't know how to find a podcast. I didn't even know. I mean, I know what they are, but how do, how do you find that? So my son was like, mom. So he gets me on Spotify. We were driving somewhere and he, that's when I listened to your, your first podcast and kind of became obsessed with that. And what it, what's nice about it is being down here and so isolated, it makes you feel connected to, to hiking when I'm not hiking. So it, it still, you know, feels enmeshed in that whole culture, but it must be funny for you because I, I, I get in the car and I turn on stash and I, I, you know, I'm at home, I have an earbud oh. in listening while I'm folding my laundry. But it, it um, does sound it does sound a little weird. I gotta admit, I, right? But, but this is this that's the purpose. That right. is the purpose. But it's it's just been amazing. So I'm just so excited, and I want to keep going. And I every minute I have a free weekend day. I wish my son would hike, but he, not yet. <laughs> um, but just especially going alone, like it's just I feel more accomplished, and I've done a lot. You know, I've, I've gone to school, I became a lawyer, I've run for public office, like. But my biggest accomplishments, when I get down from a mountain and I'm exhausted and I've done the whole thing and my feet hurt and there's nothing like that feeling of driving home and like sheer exhaustion or like stopping for food in Woodstock and being like, oh, like it's just amazing. Yeah. My God, right there. Boom. 
that that is what it is is basically what you just said that accomplishment that feeling you have you know i know everybody loves getting off that mountain and but when you close the door and you feel that like damn that was awesome it might have killed me but it was awesome when am i going to do it again that's and that's a, you, the replenishment that that you feel right there has kind of helped you in, in a lot of different ways so when you you said uh, a lot of you were separated from the outdoors of course in your in your 20s like i got to admit same thing with me 20s we're trying to find out where we are in life what we want to do with life and stuff so is, i'm guessing you know that fastness and stuff like that of just running all over with like a chicken with your head cut off got you separated from the outdoors is that yeah and being down on long island i felt so detached like, and i regretted leaving albany every minute since I left, but my family was down here and I felt, you know, compelled to, to be there near them. Um, my dream is to kind of start a satellite law office up in maybe the Phoenicia Woodstock area and gravitate towards there in, in retirement because just to open your door on a weekday and be like, Hey, I'm going to walk up a mountain. I can't imagine what that feels like. So, and then most yeah. of my vacations, my biggest thing too, I'm a diehard country fan. So often I will find, and when you buy one ticket, you can get a lot closer. So I'll often get a ticket at Bethel, go see a show, stay at an Airbnb, get up the next morning and go hike. So that's my, my MO is like weekends like that. Yeah. It's, you know, I got to admit in our, in our twenties, we're all like searching for kind of what we want to be, uh, you know, what we can be, what we can do and stuff like that. So we lose focus with, what we were when we were kids, especially, you know, you and I with, with, with our being our age, we were built in the outdoors, basically, especially where I come from up in Otigo, New York, we you know, middle of nowhere, population of 400 people. <laughs> what Love else it. did we freaking have to do, but, you know, play sports or be outdoors with our friends. And that's what it was. That's what life was. And outdoors, you know, I, I couldn't, I can't smile, but you know, do much smile with it when I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was like, you know, 12 years old, I used to play in the creek every week, or something like that. Go to swimming hole every every you know other day or stuff like that. I smile at that, and you know, I see some of the the younger generation like like, wow, you're you that was that's pretty weird. Wouldn't you want to go to like see this kind of movie or maybe go see this band? I'm like, not really. I mean, there was 16 of my best friends at the at the water hole when we were jumping off a 30 foot tree into, yeah. you know, 10 feet of water. And now I think of that, my God, that would hurt my hip if I did that now these days. So, and so it's, it's a little odd, but you know, once again, you get you get separated at that time when you kind of graduate high school, you graduate college, and then you got to scramble for what your life, and you don't think about that recreational activities that can help you out and stuff like that you know so could you i i don't know uh, you can go as as deep as you want or as as not deep as want so can you share you know about your your personal journey during covid you know trying to because it's a, that was a time of loneliness i could only imagine yeah for me i mean i'm very fortunate because the type of law that i practice is kind of recession proof and especially like doing wills and trusts and helping people with government benefits and it was it was interesting because I, I mean, I was still here in the office every day. I had one one staff member who stayed on with me during COVID. 
And we did a lot. I found a lot of first responders. Attorneys were refusing to help them or do their estate planning. And they were terrified because they're exposed to ill people all the time. So we were like, all right, we'll do them for free for first response, you know, for people that are on the front line. So we kept ourselves busy. In terms of COVID, what was nice is that it gave me really the time to go and, and hike more frequently because I wasn't working as many weekends and you know, it was something to do. And I really just became addicted. And the fact that we could drive there so quickly, and there were so few people on the trail. It was, it was really amazing. Yeah, I don't know how, how, other than it was interesting with the masks and people with masks on the trail and <laughs> yeah, um, which the perspective was very funny. I mean, I was always trying trying to be respectful, but I'm like, I wasn't a big trail mask wearer. It it was definitely you know that that one time of like uh, being outdoors you know you're you're just like okay we're not we're not exposed like we are indoors and such and then but there was like studies and you know trail runners running past you and stuff like that it was so controversial one time I hate to yeah, say that I would that, just you know? walk off and I mean let them pass and stay out stay out of Same. people's way and I, I I hate to say this all the time but fuck COVID man it's just it's just that era, you know, once again of darkness and 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 stuff like that. So, what about before that? You said you got you got had a kind of like a rough time in 2016. Yeah, uh, a brutal, brutal. And I, I, it was just weird how I just kind you of. You don't started. have to go into this if you don't want to. By the oh, way, no. I, okay, <laughs> we're here. We're good. Um, yeah, just you know, one of those situations where you just have your heart decimated, and I uh, never experienced anything so so bad. And I was having a hard time getting over it. And I really was just existing and going through the motions. And um, I think starting to hike on my own was just, what is the word? Therapeutic. It was, it was just really repairing me, I think, um, repairing my spirit and, you know, making me feel good about myself for accomplishments that weren't related to physical appearances, that weren't, you know, job related. And it, it it's an absolute escape from what I deal with, and not everybody's lives are crazy, um, but the level of stress that I have between my kid and running a practice and having a fleet of staff, like your phone doesn't work. You are up there, it's just you, you can breathe, like there's no greater escape and you're just there with yourself and it gives you time to think and process and I think just being consistent with it. And then as I was feeling better about myself physically, then I'm working out and I'm realizing working out is done so much for my endurance and my ability to, I, I will never be a trail runner. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh God. <laughs> I, I fall uh, on the best of days. I am the least graceful person in America and those people mm -hmm. blow by and I'm amazed by them. Unbelievable. Uh, right. But my, my speed is better. My endurance is better. I can, you know, keep going. So I think it's just really, was the catalyst and in, in repairing. I've never been in as positive a mental state, as positive a physical state as I am now at 46, as opposed to even when I was, you know, a teenager or before. Um, yeah. So like hiking, hiking solo, number one also benefits you. Um, and, you know, I got to admit, I hike solo a lot because I have Tuesdays off. Who the hell else has Tuesdays off? Fantastic. Right? Exactly. And I, I hike my, by myself, but I, I also have those thoughts of where I don't have to worry about anybody else. I don't, I can worry about myself. I have everything going on in my head that I want to go on my head and then I'll get it out. I'll talk to myself and stuff like that. So hiking solo 
you know, you, you always do it. So the, I'm, I'm guessing that benefits you as, as well. On occasion, I drag people with me. My mother will <laughs> hike with me, which is impressive. Like she, she kills nice. it. Um, she did Mount Marcy with me. She's done Cornell, Wittenberg. Wow. She, yeah. She travels all the time. So her availability is not the, the finest. And I, I've dragged other people who, uh, you know, I stop and wait for them, which is fine. I don't mind. My biggest issue is I don't really love talking. So, <laughs> so I really like the I silence. Solo. I hate that ob obligatory, like keeping a conversation going when I, I just want to be quiet. But. But like hiking solo, did that did that feel amazing for you to to kind of like reset yourself with yeah. yourself? Yeah, I mean the nature of my my profession is I am nagged all day long. Like clients need everything from the minute I wake up. The texts are coming in late at night. You know, I got a jarring email before I got on here. It took me a minute to <laughs> to get over that. And I'm such a hypersensitive person that I, I can't I can't block it out. If something negative happens, I'm perseverating on it. I have severe anxiety, which is great profession I chose given my, ah, yeah, <laughs> my right. anxiety issues. So up there, it's just gone. Like you're not. I'm not thinking about any of it. I'm not thinking. I'm not checking email. I'm not getting texts. I mean, when I get down and get back into service, <laughs> yeah. then they all hit my cell phone as they hit Kingston, and I'm driving home. But. And you're all you're just like damn leave me alone <laughs> right it's a it's a total reset like that's yeah that's what i think is like when you kind of step out when you get your pack on it's a total reset it's just like all right i have nothing to think about but getting either to the top of the peak or to where i want to get and then back and you know i i i you know being hiking solo is is, is a it's a blessing i gotta admit it, you know, I love, I am, I did this podcast because I, I have severe ADHD and I love to talk and I, I, I am like, you know, I'm sorry to say the complete opposite of you. I love to talk on the trail while everybody else is suffering. <laughs> like I'll be singing a full on song of when we're hiking up the toughest spots and people are like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm just like, this is the way I am. I just, I do I just, a lot. I do a lot of singing when people are with me. I do a lot of singing, annoying them and like the. What goes up must come down. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get an earworm, and then the whole time I just drive everyone crazy. I that's that's what I do. But I, the funny thing is, I sing stuff that people are like, "What is that?" And I'm just like, "It's a band called Steel Panther. You should check them out. Check out Steel Panther. Have you ever heard of them? Nope. Do you like '80s rock? Yeah, yeah, I do like. Yeah, 80s. like Bon Jovi stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, this these guys are hilarious. They're inappropriate but hilarious. But I'll sing them on the trail, and everybody's like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" But back to the point is, you know, that full reset of when you're hiking solo is, you know, is it's not like fifty percent. It's a full hundred percent where you focus on yourself, and I, I believe that is a huge benefit. And you know, I know a lot of people are scared to hike solo. If you're gonna hike solo, then take it, you know like small take it a small nice little trail with a viewpoint do it by yourself see how you feel and i i guarantee you it'll you know hiking with friends is, is absolutely fantastic i love it but hiking solo is a whole nother box you know like like for tara and me you know it resets yourself it resets it to you know zero back to zero and stuff and uh i'm, I'm not opposed to hiking in groups or you know having that camaraderie because i think it'd be super cool um, I don't know a lot of people, especially down here, that have any interest in 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 hiking. 
Um, I have maybe two or three friends that I know hike and I, they post their pictures. So I've introduced them to your podcast, nice. um, but I, I haven't ventured to, uh, you know, I like to get on the road and go when I want to go and leave when I want to leave. It's, it's tough. You know, I got to admit it's, it's tough to once again, accommodate for another person. And, you know, like I want to be back here at a certain time, you know, you're an early bird. I, I love to be an early bird. I'm just like, yeah, I want to get the trail at like six. So that means we got to leave here at five. That means I got to wake up at three. Like yep. it's just, it's, it's, it's tough. And I, you know, hiking solo, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm sorry to say, but that, you know, once again, I have no filter. I'm sorry. But no, my, do, me either. It doesn't offend me. Good. <laughs> good. You can do whatever the hell you want. And uh, that's the great thing. Hey, maybe I want to bushwhack off of here. That's what I do. That's me. But um, so what with that first time you, you started to connect back with the trails back in the you know, like uh, in the, back in like 2016, is that when you yeah. said? So what kept pushing you back there? What what made you make that that thought? I think of, it felt good, you know, like it, um, you know, it was such a dark period. And there was, you know, there was periods. I mean, it was it was a terrible way to be like I was in such a dark hole at the time. Um, and it was hard to imagine not feeling that way. And I think it just felt good to be there. So it was, you know, heading out just to have a moment of like processing. And I think, you know, with all stuff, I think time heals. And I, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I ever felt that strongly about, about somebody. But when you're going through it, it, it's monumental and it's debilitating. And depression's hard stuff. And I, th I think that that was just a real... And it's hard, especially when you're in those kind of doldrums to even, you know, have the energy or the the gumption to get dressed and go. So yeah. somehow I, I just I don't know. It was like I finally like picked myself up and was like enough is enough. And it was just so positive for me. And I, I think, too, like mental health people don't talk about so much. And no matter what walk of life people are. You know, it doesn't discriminate. You have people of every demographic and every socioeconomic status and every profession. And, and sadly, in attorneys, um, mental health and addiction issues are, are high yeah. because of the stress of, of the type of job that it is. Yeah. Um, so it was really it was it was gradual, but then it just kind of took off. And now I, every time I look at a calendar when I'm planning clients for the weekends, I'm like, oh, not that day. Like uh, I yep. usually will Saturday and Sunday I'm going to, I'm going to go hike. Uh, so did you start solo? Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's a, that's amazing. What yeah, and just, I'm guessing your connection back with in the days of when you were a child uh, to the outdoors made you go back outdoors. I think it was what, what made me comfortable with it. I mean, okay. when we camped in New Hampshire, when I was a kid, um, we were a pretty, like we had an outhouse and a water spigot. Like it wasn't, you know, camping with showers. It wasn't bears tromped through the, you know, <laughs> through our, our campsites. So I think I was pretty comfortable with it from then. So, and there's people that aren't, it was interesting. I had, I had gone to SUNY Albany and I had a professor named Hal Krimmel and he, it was a creative writing class and he, loved the outdoors and he took us all on a short hike but there were people that were from downstate from the city who had never even been in the woods like they didn't know what birch bark was and they um and he was so inspiring and it was just so cool to see like not everybody's exposed to that or even has had 
had the experience of, of being in that environment. And they were very uncomfortable. And he made us go, you know, sit quietly and, and do creative writing. And it's funny, I don't remember clients from yesterday, but I can remember Hal Krimmel from <laughs> 25 years ago when I was in college. But. Correct, correct. And that's that's the, the thing that, uh, like, some people get me on as well. Like, how can you remember that hike you did four years ago, but you can't remember what, you you know, your family did seven years ago or two years ago i'm like well because hike was magical like right. i remember that hike like this is we just sat around and did nothing but the hike you know i i connected that's that's yeah i have to take better track of what i do because i end up doing the same hike over and i realize it once i'm there i'm like i've been here before <laughs> i have deja vu Not but it, I... but it, it's never it's never like like it, it's always a different experience you know like yeah. I don't know. I've 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 forgot how many times I've I've summited like slide. It's been at least like at least 14, 15 times. That's, that's but, one of my favorites. It's it's you know, a lot of people like, oh, there's too many people up there. Yes, there's a lot of people up there, but that view uh makes you feel on top of the world. Really. And, and when you continue on to Wittenberg and Cornell, like it those those walls that you have to climb down are awesome. Fun. Very funny. Yeah, especially with the big pack on your back. Like that was funny because then I had to take it off and throw it down and kind of like navigate and, and figure that out on my own because I, I don't yeah. know how you're supposed to do it, but that's what I did. Exactly. Exactly. So have you seen with, with your time that you started hiking and uh, of course those dark times that you had, how have you seen yourself grow? I mean, you mentioned, you know, as in physical capability, you know, you wanted to work out more. Did you like incorporate eating healthier, stuff like that? as well yeah i think it kind of went hand in hand and i always sort of was conscious well, i was obsessed with food issues and had a lot of um especially eating disorder behaviors um but i think then i really became more educated and was focusing on high protein because i want to be able to perform like i want to be able to have the energy yeah. um to do these things so i became focused not hyper focused not to an unhealthy extent because i think that the physical activity kept me in such decent shape that the eating really just enhanced like i don't bring m&ms and <laughs> the <laughs> treat that you were talking about on, on my hikes i do love peanut butter and jelly. no wonder um, why people don't like hiking with you because you don't have any any snacks that's probably it i mean i do bring a lot like in case i get trapped on the mountain for a week and I, you know i've got power bars and things like that just in case but um nice. so yeah i really became focused on that and i started um working out daily and lifting weights and it really just changed my my whole energy level like it's just what it's done for me mentally because just the physical has such a, a huge impact on on your mental well-being and i i think that you're i mean exercise is probably the biggest or the best drug that there is like to get you out of a doldrum like it's it makes you feel better and once you get in there it's so hard to get in a routine and stay in that routine but once you develop that habit like it's it's almost addicting. Not that I have a completely addicting personality, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I I gotta admit it, it's a, it's addicting. And like you said, you know, first time I hiked, uh, I was just like, well, how, if I did this mountain and I struggled, how am I going to do the other mountains? Well, I'll stay in shape, or I'll eat healthy. I'll do like that, and then I'll be able to do that other crap that I had. And then once again, like you said, it's addicting. Now, you know, I love the Catskills, but I want to go to the White Mountains. I want to go to Glacier National Park. I want to go to Olympics. 
and I see all that crap and I'm just like, you know, like 1500 feet of gain compared to 3000 feet of gain. I'm like, ah, I do have to stay healthy. So, yeah, but you just do it. Like, it's amazing. And it's as much as I, the white mountains are just majestic and being above tree line, like it's just a, such a different experience, but the affection that I have for the Catskills, and that's what I was talking about. If I could hug an area, I just love the Catskill area. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't understand why, like, it's just, it just has that grasp on you, right? Yeah. And it's close. It's just like a hidden gem, like within driving distance and people don't appreciate what New York has. There's so much in New York that people don't even realize is right here. Exactly. It's just amazing. And the history is amazing. And I did start reading that book. You, um, I bought it from like book thrift or something. One of the books you were talking about earlier in your, uh, one of your podcasts. The, the Catskill Mountains and how the history and how it changed America. Yes. Oh, that guy, that guy, that guy was on the show. I was very surprised that he actually participated in the show. He's a very uh, sophisticated type of man. So I was just yeah. like, you're willing to join me on the show. And he's a movie producer and everything. But yes, Amazing. finding you when you, when you hike here, you know, you, you see one little thing and it catches your mind and you're just like, oh, like, you know, Overlook, everybody hikes Overlook, you know, and then they're just like, why are these ruins here? Like, let's, let's look into that. And then all of a sudden you're, you're trapped. You get into this, this era of, the the hotels and then the hotels lead to the tanneries tanneries lead to yeah. the bluestone thing it all just expands and like you said with that book it just boom, blows your yeah. mind i did have a lot of snake experiences at overlook i think on one day i saw five rattlesnakes wow um, jealous yeah it was it was interesting because and it, somebody who i talked to was like you'll always hear them before you see them and i didn't know what that meant so like up at the top where the tower was there were a few that were kind of hidden but I had gone, what is it, Echo Lake, and you keep going. Oh, wow, but you my, went the long way. On my way back, I went to take a step, and I hear the noise. So I was like, oh, and I froze because I didn't know where it was. And it was right in the middle of the trail. So um, it was one of my moments. Of, I'm like, I kind of backtracked a little, and I was like hoping somebody would, you know, another hiker would come who knew more than me. And there was yeah. no real way to get around it because there was a sort of a, a – a wall on one side and a drop on the other. So like I, I hesitated back and forth and then I walked as far to the right of it as I could. I survived. But yeah. uh yeah, it was really it was cool. Memorable experience and it's one that you won't forget once again. Yeah. And that's that's what I seriously, you know, like like you said, you know, the whites have the above tree line and stuff like that. But the cat skills, you know, I I just, you know, I've, I've hiked once again. I hiked Mount Marcy with in in the Adirondacks. I was like, eh, that's all right. I mean, the it was pretty. Cool. at the top were were kind of sad, which I'm you know I'm not used to because ours are usually pretty vacant. But it was like you know Grand Central Station at the top at the top yeah. of Marcy. Yeah, and I I think I think the crowd at the Catskills High Peaks are a little bit more loving of nature than they are and each at other. I love hikers. Like it's so, right? you're so happy to see people. Everybody's so nice and you kind of chit chat wow. at the top and you cross paths and yeah, I love right? it. Oh, wow. So like, it's, I'm not the only one, you know, I've never, I've never you know shared my like thoughts of that. I'm just like, it seems like that the people, the Catskills hikers are more appreciative of the outdoors than of other places you know whites they might be checking off a list 
or uh you know the adirondacks i feel like they're definitely checking off the list like 99.9 percent of the people are just checking off a list and uh, the other people are just you know there because they love it but you know it's just the catskills or something else something else so tara so have you ever shared this experience of of taking the nature's outdoor with with anybody else besides yourself no no wow wow this is fantastic because I think a lot of people need to know how much the outdoors changes you. Yeah, people, I mean, you guys are the, you know, the folks that are up there hiking all the time. I, I don't know that, you know, it's such a part of your life. So maybe that's why you're also mentally stable. But it's just really just such a treasure. And I just thank God every day of the physical ability to do it. I just had um, a, uh, one of my coaches, my workout coaches was skiing at, Mount Snow, and she hit ice and became airborne, and at 60 miles an hour, hit a tree, and she t- broke um, part of her back, and she almost had her leg amputated. Now, this is someone whose whole life is physical activity and training, and in a blink of an eye, her recovery is going to be brutal and a long time coming. So anything can happen at any minute. So I'm like. I need to do it. I'm so inspired when we're on those trails and you see someone in their seventies or eighties and they're still out there cranking. It's amazing. And I just pray that I maintain my, my physical ability that long in life. So, you know, and, and you say that a lot of, a lot of the people that, that participate in the outdoor activities like hiking and such are still doing this. Like you said, in the seventies and eighties are still loving it and enjoying it. You know, to be honest, I don't see many people, in their 70s and 80s playing basketball or playing hockey or football yep but people are still hiking because they they love it and it and it like you know it's it's therapeutic uh, you know yes. and that's that's a wow what a that's the word yeah and it's and it's an interesting statement that you do say that because you know you do see the older people still enjoying it still enjoying it or just getting into it as well compared to you know some some old 70 year old guy playing basketball on the court with you or or something like that he's just sitting in the bleachers watching you admiring you how you can play in your 20s and stuff like that so no you can excel as an individual and you go at your speed and you you do it your way um you know there's no there's no pressure involved once you're equipped you're good to go (laughs) yeah yeah it's not a competition and there's all different you know all different sorts of types of hikes that you can do by yourself and at your own age at you know certain elevations you don't want to gain elevation who cares there's there's a bunch of stuff out there for anyone and everyone so uh once again i wish like you said you heard about the podcast i kind of wish more stories like this would be shared around uh the internet and uh, you know around different places so people can get that idea that you shouldn't be scared of the outdoors you shouldn't be the one that's just like cautious like i don't know this is this is a little bit you know above my my area of expertise but you know just try it you know there's there's no shame in going you know halfway up and then turning around because you're not feeling comfortable but then you've also gone halfway up that's 50 percent of what you would have never done in your life so i wasn't happy I came down so angry. I do not like being defeated. <laughs> what, what was like, you know, after that that long battle with uh, the darkness? What did what did you deal? What was your first hike? Um, slide. Slide. Oh, nice. God, the mother. The yeah. Slide. Awesome. Yeah. And you. And that was funny because I 
I brought someone with me and I gave him the water to hold and he <laughs> forgot it in the car. So oh, uh, no, sorry. I mean, thankfully the, the, the spring is up at the top, but um, that was, our, we were, we had a good laugh over it, but. Did you get a view at least? Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing up there. It's I, I, you know, I, and I love, like you said, you know, the people in the Catskills are different and I've even encountered people that are, are absolutely miserable because they're unprepared on slide mountain, but they still are smiling when they, when you see them, they're not like have their head down, but they're just, I think they're positive of their experience that they had. And uh, maybe they'll think differently the next time <laughs> they go out. Yeah, we were but. up there. It was funny because everybody kind of, there was a few people up there, but there was a young kid up there with a drone and it was not going over well with the, uh, with everyone that was up there. So they're kind of ganging up on him and he, he took his drone that. and left. Okay, good, good. That's, that's the one thing that, uh, you know, it's music and drones is, is the one thing that I did. We have it. We have, we've had, you know, headphones ever since, I don't know, goddamn the 60s, uh, probably even before then. I'm just thinking about that, actually. That was a really dumb thing because I watched a thing about World War II and that, you know. Um, so we've had headphones, and and you decide to take a, a speaker up so you and two other people could hear about your crap or a drone that just sits there and goes, yeah. all the time. Like, I couldn't even imagine that. Like, did I, I, man, I have never encountered somebody with a drone. That must have been fun. Yeah, it was, I almost, like, it was neat, though, because, like, all the hikers banded together and were like, hey, guy, this is not, not what you do. <laughs> were they at least respectful about it? Like, hey, man, like, like, that yeah, was... yeah, they weren't rude. Um, the interact, I'm trying to find you a picture of me oh, nice. when I first started hiking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, I had another experience where someone had, was blasting music, and there happened to be a steward on the trail that was trying to talk them out and they got belligerent with her, which I was disturbing. Wow. Slide is, is the place. I mean, it's the highest place in the Catskill. So everybody's going to flock there. It's either there or Panther mountain right down the, down the road, but slide is the highest. So everybody's going to just like Marcy. It seems like everybody goes to Marcy just because it's the highest place in, in, in New York state. And it always attracts the weirdest people, but it's still positive. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't say though. Oh, I don't know if you can see. Oh, it's blurring. Uh, you can wait, kind of one's... see me. That's me and my mom. But that's which one are you? The right, the chunky one on the in the black. Hold on. No oh. shit. Yeah. Would you mind so sharing how much weight you've lost? Probably 55, 60 pounds. Wow. Awesome. Was it a yeah. good? It was still a good day for you. Yeah, I still could do it. I think I had the stamina and I, and I wasn't, but I didn't realize how, how much better shape I could get in and how much difference. It would, now that I hike with people who aren't as, I've hiked with people who aren't as um, used to physical activity, I've realized how much I've improved um, it, since then. It looked like a beautiful day though. It was beautiful. And then my tiny little mom cranks it right up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she says, come on, you little slacker. Just like a mother should. Just like a mother should. Yeah, That's but phenomenal. she's great to travel with because she's she's vegan, but she prepares amazing food. So like you get up there and she's got, you know, a Tupperware of couscous and <laughs> oh. all, all sorts of she's got salad dressing. She's phenomenal. So she's a really good person to take hiking with you. She needs to be a trail guide then, because that's, that's what they, that's what they do. They, they offer you, they're like, here, 
here's my my board of, of foods for the when you get to the summit. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's nothing better than lunch at the top. And then you're gauging like, all right, I don't want to eat it early. I need a reward when I get up there. Exactly. Exactly. So um what did do you have any advice that you would give someone uh who is like dealing with the same problems that you dealt with? Get outside. Just get outside. Even if it's I mean there's local stuff around here where I would just go just the air, it's just so therapeutic. It's just amazing. And the fact that there's so many people that are able and willing. I mean, on even Facebook pages, people are posting, hey, we're going, you know, I'm looking for someone to hike with. Like, there's always someone that will go with you. Yeah, I can't. Don't hesitate. Life is yeah. so short. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I always say that life is so short. And I, and, and I kind of sucks that I, I discovered this at the age of like, I think I was like, I forgot when it was like eight years ago. So, you know, 33 years old. Um, but, you know, life is so short and we have such beautiful area here in, in New York state. A lot of people don't realize how beautiful it is. I'd have to say, I, I, I know it sounds like there's not really much West of the Finger Lakes, but anything East of the Finger Lakes is absolutely stunning. So yeah. especially in our great Catskill mountains, a lot of people overlook the Catskills because of the Adirondacks, but the Catskills, get out there and enjoy the stuff and you know it might find a relief for you or you know or anybody and you know like like i said i wish tara like a lot of people would 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 listen more to this this podcast or this episode to to show them that you know the outdoors aren't scary or you know you can choose when you go outdoors you can choose the days you want to go outdoors and uh there's a lot of other people thanks to social media like you said there's a lot of other people that want to go out, but, you know, don't want to go solo. And, you know, got no, people even the guides that you have that are that are available to take you even until you're at a point where you feel comfortable. Um, yeah. And there's always room for learning. Like, there's so much to learn. Like, I want to get, a, you know, a depth at compass reading and uh, like, but it, that's why it's been so cool even listening to your stuff and the advice on winter hikes. What I found fascinating too, which I never really thought about is like, you go out, you bundle up and you just stay bundled. But when you were talking about the winter hiking and, you know, taking layers off so that you're not at the point where you're saturated with sweat by the time you're up there. Cause that when I was, did the winter hikes, then if I stopped moving, like I had to run back down the mountain cause I would have been frozen I mean, the right? second I stopped to eat, my fingers were cold. So then I just had to really book it so that I could get my body heat back up. It's winter is a whole nother uh, struggle. Like yeah. it is, but it definitely makes you appreciate that you are ready for it once again. And like a lot of people say like at, at work, you know, I, I, I work indoors, but you know, people work, oh, God, it's so cold outside. I'm like, oh, it's not cold outside. You're just not ready for the cold. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? It's like, well, you didn't dress appropriately for the cold. And they're like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, eh, no, I'm not. <laughs> but. No, but the things that you dread, like I, I have a fireplace. I love having my fireplace on, um, but I steal wood from my parents' house, which is a, a mile from my house. But even it's like, oh, I don't feel it. If you layer up and you put on your hat and you put on your glove, you're fine. Same thing with skiing. like you, you, And it's nothing knocks you out or tires you out more than being out in the elements all day long. I mean, the sleep that you have after uh, after all oh. day hiking is just, oh, that's the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, so amazing advice, Tara. Uh, get out there, 
get out in the outdoors, try it, see what you think. Hopefully, once again, most of the people that listen to the show are more, you know, accustomed to the outdoors. But I, I would love for this to reach people that who are on the edge of visiting the outdoors, who have the, you know, that that little kind of like line that separates them and they should. No, it should be promoted as part of mental health treatment. Like I, I more therapists and things should really in, in, encourage that kind of stuff. Yeah. Outdoors first, medicine second. It's just so holistic and it's just the endorphins from the physical activity. It's just fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. So last question, Tara, uh, post hike bruise and bites. What do you suggest? Um, I love in Woodstock and I forget the name of the place, but they have cauliflower, Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo wing cauliflower. Um, it's a, they have high tops. You can bring your, they have dog water outside. Oh, um, what is the Buffalo? I'm looking it up Buffalo. Wing. Hold on. Collie. I'll tell you. I love it. It's, uh, is it? Stop. Woodstock Brewing? Hold on. There's a, there's a lot of different places. Wow. I know. I didn't know a lot of these places had buffalo wing cauliflower because I, I <laughs> eat that. That's that's good stuff. Not bread alone. Mud club. You you put that in the uh, the air fryer and it's absolutely phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, deceiving, it's deceivingly not healthy, but um, <laughs> that taco place there is great too. Uh, in in Woodstock or in uh, Pine Hill? In Woodstock. Okay. So there's a bunch of different places. Oh, it's killing me. I should have been better prepared. No, it's okay. Well, it's okay. The other one that I really like is Picamoose. Um, oh, yeah. And of course, I like the Phoenicia Steakhouse. Oh, that. Uh, the steakhouse or the the diner? Steakhouse. Oh, that to be honest, that has not been mentioned. Oh my god, it's so good. Hundred and ten episodes, and I have not had the Phoenicia Steakhouse. Wow. I I don't know, and I didn't find it. I mean, maybe I'm used to Long Island prices, but I don't know that I found it so extraordinarily um, expensive. Wow. The other one that's sort of semi-new, maybe in the last couple of years, the one in um, outside of Phoenicia, there is, it's across the street from where the trains are. Um, not, you know, the pedal, the, the bike, oh, the train. is it? Uh, um, I think it's a brewery. Is that the Woodstock? Yeah, it's the Woodstock Brewery. And then that little breakfast place is excellent, but they close early at the other end of that shopping center. I think it's Maggie's or... Yes, that's a great spot. That is, yes. I love, when I get down, I like going there for a latte. Awesome. Damn, a bunch of great places. I will try to um, include all these. So, excellent. <laughs> uh, amazing. So, once again, thank you, Tara, for joining me tonight. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, thank you to the monthly supporters and, and the sponsors. I really appreciate you guys supporting the show. Uh, thank you, on everyone who has donated. Tara, thank you who have donated. I really appreciate it. Um, just to let you know that all goes towards the show. It doesn't go towards my freaking like bank account or anything like that. You deserve it, though. I don't. People don't realize how much work you goes into you preparing for these. Uh, I'm so impressed. You had a whole itinerary done well in advance of your show. I mean, the the um, I'm a serial procrastinator, so 
how much effort and energy you put into mm -hmm. these putting these shows together is remarkable. I have a lot of fun doing it. It's 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 once again let's like hiking. It's therapeutic. I, yeah. I have fun. And it gets the word out, you know, it gets the word out with the cats. Goes, the you know? people that you meet and the stuff that you've had on, like the wildlife rehabilitators that were on, he was fantastic. Oh, like, Dave, there's so yeah. much stuff up there. And then I sent it to my mom because they were the eagle watches in uh, Schoharie. I sent to her. She went and saw eagles when I nice. had asked you for the location of that. There's, it's so much good intel in, in what you provide. It's amazing. Love the area. I don't know. I don't know. But I love the area. So thank you. Uh, Everyone who's still listening, Tara, thank you for listening. Thank really appreciate you. it. Thank you for joining me tonight. I really appreciate you taking out your time, and uh, I hope you had a good time. I did. My absolute pleasure. I had a great time. So, Tara, have a good night. Uh, we'll see you again later. We'll get together. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I just want to thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe and throw down a smooth review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check daily updates of the podcast, hikes, hiking news, and local news on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. Remember this, you gotta just keep on living in the cat skills, man. L-I-V-I-N. Wicked, 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 wicked.